Good evening, everybody. Welcome again to the Borderline Podcast with me, your host, Andrew Willicks. Guys, it's the start of a brilliant week. It's actually the Monday blues, Monday the 15th of January. It's supposed to be the, the loneliest, most depressive Monday of the year. So if you made it this far, guys, I guess you're doing quite well. Um, so it's time for a solo cast this week. And one of the topics that I really want to get into last year that I never made it round to was gambling. And gambling when you, well, when you have a mental health condition or wherever you don't have a mental health condition, it's a pretty interesting subject for both sides. And it's one that has plagued and taunted me for the majority, well, say the majority of my life. I'm gambling free for the last couple of years, thankfully. But I would say for the for the majority of my life, that has probably been my biggest addiction and downfall um, out of anything. Gambling has always been the one that has came back to haunt me. And so what I want to do today is just speak a little bit about my history with gambling um, how it really got quite bad what I actually miss about it because there are aspects of gambling that I do miss and you know just kind of you know any kind of worries or whatnot that I can alleviate from you maybe you're gambling a little bit too much you might be able to relate about this because gambling is a massive problem especially in the United Kingdom again it's embedded into our, in, into our culture um, you know a lot of the football Football teams are um, are sponsored by various gambling companies. You know, a lot of their stadiums even are named after gambling companies. Uh, darts as well. Uh, I believe they've just changed the World Championship to the Paddy Power World Championship. So there you go. There, there's a significant pool in the gambling industry already. Is that they're able to lower their their name and their and their dangers by by aligning themselves with with entertainment that we that we enjoy and let's not forget that you know putting on accumulators on saturday and that is tends to be things that people enjoy as well so on this episode if you're away putting on your little accumulators of that during the week i'm pretty sure this won't apply to you this is more you know the serious you can't really get past you know 24 hours to 48 hours without without thinking of gambling you know, you're into the timeouts, you're into the deposit limits, you're wondering why nothing's working and why you won't stop gambling. The reason is, is because you're addicted to gambling. Um, that is the top and bottom of it. If you cannot put your phone down or put your device away and think, no, I'm not doing it, and you get that pull back, that's addiction <laughs> and it needs addressed. So, so there's our first hurdle. So if you're one of these people, it's time to be honest with yourself and 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 time to action because while you while you might maintain that you're in control you're absolutely not in control of an addiction okay that's the uh, that's the most important thing that i want to try and get across is that any addiction when it gets a hold of you it's not just shrugging it off it takes a great deal of mental strength and fortitude to get out the other side without being an addict so so that's what i really want to focus on this episode so gambling just for a little bit of context gambling for me is something that i always i've always loved um yeah, that's the most honest way of saying it. I used to love gambling. And even from an incredibly young age, you know, 12, 13, I remember spending you know, my tip money off, off my first job from churches down in the arcade, my Sunday paper round. You go down to the arcade. If you jacked a couple of machines, five or jackpot, that was, you know, that was all your whatever I was going to buy back in then, <laughs> back in them days. That's, that's what we'd have paid for. And obviously, at a young age, you never actually think about a gambling addiction. It's just a little bit of fun. Although I was warned off at that point. I do remember my mother, um, the wise old owl, my secretary, so to speak, <laughs> I should say of late, um, you know, warning me off gambling then. Um, looking back now, and even the honesty from my mum, uh, she recognised that my dad had a very addictive personality. And 
I'm exactly the same as that. I need to be incredibly careful how much I get into something. And because anybody that knows me, as soon as I get an idea, I go, uh, I'm like 120% into it. Look at the message this you we are the universe that I've tried to trying to sort out is that I've got too far ahead of myself. So um yeah, when I get excited by something or if I start enjoying something, I get I get incredibly addicted to it very easily. So, you know, obviously, yeah, as I say, from a young age, down at the arcade and that, I was quite exposed to, to the start of gambling, like I suppose anybody else is at the younger years. Um, I suppose the difference there that if you yeah, if you can walk away from gambling and you're quite happy with that, people could at that age, I couldn't. It was one of them that if, if I thought the ja- the jack was gonna be, that it was gonna jackpot, it'd be lend a quid up for someday. And you know, you'd get the jackpot on that, you'd pay them back and it it was all about beating the machine, beating the machine, beating the puggy. I guess that's what we all do at the end of the day with those sort of things. So early, early teen years, yeah, a little bit of gambling and that in there. Um, but it really, I guess it really started getting not bad. Like I say, I was kind of in control of my gambling, so to speak, when I went into um, a college and university. Basically, I'd stopped gambling for a couple of years. It wasn't really that, didn't really think of it or anything like that like I say it was kind of one of them transitional periods in your life where you kind of gambled didn't really think about it again and then I joined college uh college and uni and I learned how to play poker and um I loved poker I fell in love with poker straight away uh what I found about poker is that I was incredibly good at it um <coughs> I'm just being incre- incredibly honest when I say that uh when I say things that I miss about gambling now poker is one of them um I really enjoyed the math side behind poker, the probabilities, working out your fold equity, uh, wherever you should have been in a pot, you know, all your odds in that. I was always quite confident at a poker table that no matter what cards that I was gonna that I'd be dealt, that I'd walk out with a profit. Uh, I suppose anybody that understands poker at a kind of higher level will probably understand that. That it's all about your position. You know where the dealer is, where you know where the big and small blinds are. Who's the aggressive player at your table? So when I was at university, uh, Edinburgh, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Most of the way that I actually made my living then, uh, because Edinburgh is a very expensive city, uh, was by playing cash poker tournaments. Uh, well, tournaments, cash poker tables at the casinos. Basically, you go down there, uh, you know, later on on a weekend night. And wait for the, you know, the regulars, the, you know, a lot of Chinese people like to play the poker down there that weren't very good at it. You'd wait for them to have a couple of drinks. You'd go sit down with maybe a hundred quid in cash and, you know, up to 200 pounds within an hour was, was the norm, was the absolute norm. It was almost a guaranteed way of making money. And because of that, it became routine. And because I was enjoying it, a routine that I was enjoying became very, very, very addictive. And from there, I started kind of looking into, I think from there is probably when I really started betting on like uh, football accumulators and football and whatnot. But even then, it wasn't out of control. It was your, you know, your usual, you go into the William Hill, you pick out your ACAs, you know, maybe a four or five team ACA that was maybe return a, a small amount. And then your your wonder bet that you try and win a couple of grand on that never comes in. Um, some of them at the weekends. And yeah, everything was kind of in control. And what actually happened in my very first year at uni, which really should have, you know, scared me off everything, was I actually got my, in my entire bank accounts cleared uh, for a fraud case through William L at the time. Basically got, got all my money sucked out of my account right at the start of my university, university degree, got all the money back, luckily, but stupidly went straight back to gambling on the same website. So yeah, that's your warning sign of addiction as well, is when there's a very obvious danger uh, a hazard, so to speak, in your way, but you know it doesn't matter. That all that matters is that gambling. 
Uh, so warning sign there, number one, well, number two, I suppose, definitely. And I just kind of got a little bit worse. I guess as my confidence kind of went up, basically what I turned to there was I'd actually started playing online poker. So after my university classes, I'd go back and I'd open up a couple of tables, you know, multi-table at a time, just buy in. And like I say, I was a very strategic poker player. I w- I'm not somebody that would go and play ready two cards. Uh, very strict, you know, I, just to talk about poker a little bit, you know, any kind of, any starting pair, but really I'd be talking ace-queen would, Ace Queen, Ace Jack suited would kind of be the lowest kind of hand that I'm going to go into any hand with because you know I'm going in to make money. I want my I want to be absolutely sure that I'm going to win that pot. Uh, suited connectors as well, like little hands like that that you could maybe um, you can maybe bluff on semi bluff so to speak. Um, so yeah, I, I, and then I actually started reading a lot about poker. You know, Donald Brun, uh, what's he called? Is it Doyle Brunson? I think that's what he's called. Doyle Brunson Super System books, uh, Phil Helmuth, Daniel Negranos. All them, I'd read all their books, and I kind of, honestly, at that point, I probably had the aspiration to become a poker player. Uh, the missing part of that is that I didn't have the money to do it. Uh, I certainly didn't have the money to gamble to be a poker player, put it that way. And so I guess what happened was I was making all this money, making all this money, I was making a little bit of money off of poker, and the excess was probably kind of going into the gambling uh, on the football and that, and that just, it kind of stayed constant um for the best part of like a year or two even after i moved back home with my mom after uni and that um you know my gambling kind of calmed right down i didn't really you know i didn't i didn't didn't actively think about it. it wasn't it was something that i missed and i remember playing poker at night when i used to get back in from a back shift there was always a there was always the same tournament that won once actually um that used to start at around about five past eleven every night so i'd actually pre-enter that before i'd start work pay for my buy-in and the tournament would have started for the time that I'd gotten in, but like I say, it, it didn't matter to me, and um, because I'm a strategic poker player, that I was always kind of confident that I, I would make stuff back anyway. I'd be able to outplay people. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit arrogant with the poker side, but in in right rightfully so as well. I think anybody that's played poker with me could probably agree that I'm a pretty good player. Um, so yeah, so things have kind of calmed down and. Yeah, kind of normal Saturday accumulators was the kind of norm for a couple of years. Um, nothing really got out of control. And then I don't really know what happened to really set off the gambling quite bad. But I would say, hmm, let me think on this dates. Yeah, I would say it'd probably been around about, but yeah, maybe around about 2012. So the year before me and Sass had actually gotten together, that I'd say my gambling got progressively worse. And for the start of mine and Sass's relationship, I, I was gambling, but again, it wasn't out of control. It wasn't OTT. It was the Saturdays and that bit. That was starting to change, and I was starting to bet on Champions League football and midweek football. And I'd never done that before, and that was always a little bit new to me. Warning sign number three is, uh, is you're doing it more often. If you start gambling more often, you're getting more addicted to gambling. It's 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 This is quite easy to work out. So... I'd start gambling a little bit more and I'd say progressively for the next two or three years um, I was certainly getting worse with the gambling and it was getting to the stage that I was probably I don't really know I, I think it's uh, I, I suppose you start chasing your losses is the best way to explain it 
is that because I was doing it more frequently, the bookies don't lose it. That's the thing. It's odds. The odds are not in your favor. So, and statistics don't lie. <laughs> you know, again, it's quite easy to work out that if you continue to bet more and more, you're going to lose more and more. You're not actually going to win more and more. You're going to lose more and more. So that was basically what was happening with me with gambling. So I suppose you can try and chase your losses a little bit. And I think that's probably when I started getting into a little bit of financial difficulty for the very first time. Um, was that I was gambling and I always used to on my accumulators five or ten pounds was absolute maximum that I'd ever put on a single accumulator or bet and I, I then started changing my betting patterns to singles and doubles a lot of in play betting um, at higher stakes you know 20 pounds to maybe return it, it might have only returned 70 or 80 quid but that was your money back to bag and I changed my gambling strategies like, so much that I was actually betting you know, four or five times the amount that I'd ever usually bet, but it didn't feel any different because I was doing it in smaller bets, if that makes sense. So, but the stupid thing that I was, I was focusing on my wins and not my losses again. So I was, although I was winning money back, I was spending more overall in a week, if that makes sense. So I just, just typically financial numbers, let's just say I'd probably have went from this stage from spending around about £25 a week on gambling to probably around about £75 a week on gambling. Now, some weeks you have good weeks and you don't need to spend that £75 or £25 on gambling because you've won it and you and that's good. But you forget about them days so fucking easily. And then it's back to depositing. Or the pesky little gambling sites have that beautiful cancel withdrawal button. So you win your money, you decide that, yep, that's fine, I want to take my money out, but for the next 48 hours, I can still cancel that if I need to go back and gamble. Warning number four, if you're canceling withdrawals, this is a major sign that you have an addiction. This is now the fact that you've won money. You've now won your goal, you've set out what you wanted to do, and that's still not enough. So, big time if you're now canceling withdrawals it's time to maybe calm down so that's something that was happening very 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 frequently with me you know how it is you get a win you maybe win 150 quid i'll take the 100 quid back out and i'll leave 50 quid in there to bet with you take your 100 pounds out it's still floating in the cyberspace you spent your 50 quid there's some games on a sunday afternoon or sunday night you think ah i can have a little bet on that cancel with the with withdrawal do it to £50 into £50 out and then the next £50 gets cancelled and then all of a sudden you've spent the money that you wanted to withdraw originally. That's how it works. <laughs> it's a vicious circle and I'm sure people listening to this, there is loads of you that can relate to that sort of um, sort of way of working when it comes to gambling and it's it's certainly, you know, the most the most devastating because you can't actually win when you're when you're winning money and you're trying to take money out and you're still being allowed to put that, mo- that money straight back in, you're not going to win. So, yeah, massive warning signs there. And that was happening a lot more frequently. And it was actually getting to the stage. So just on a on a timeline, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this is around about 2016, 2017. That, yeah, it was getting progressively worse. And what was happening was those stakes were actually increasing. So I'd like, because my analytical side of my brain was coming over from and probably from the way that I play poker and looking at statistics is that I wanted the odds in my favor. Now, to do that, you need low odds, which means not a big, uh, not a big, uh, not big winning, not big cash out, um, unless you want to stake more. So, so from there, you're going from, you know, your £5, £10 bets are no longer, 
occurring whatsoever. They've then been replaced by 15, 20 pound, you know, single doubles or triples that might only land 100 pounds. But the problem with that, they are, they're far more frequent because they are in play bets or, you know, bets for games that were coming up straight away the return had to be quite instant to then stake again more so you know the the stupid little challenges that you used to get on facebook and that that you know 10 pounds to 200 pounds and 15 bets and that that was the kind of style that i was going for and to be fair it was actually working it was actually returning money again um because i was using the odds in my favor um because i was kind of playing the system the way to kind of even it out but for anybody that's not a very exciting way to gamble you know, when you're staking twenty pounds to return fifty pounds, it's not it's not getting your blood pumping that much. Um, which you get to the stage with gambling, you need that. And that's the problem. This is the this is the massive warning sign. This is the biggest one. That when you get excited and what you're doing isn't quite cutting it in terms of gambling, then you've got a serious problem. Now it's time to look for help. Is that you are you've ignored all these warning signs leading up to it and now despite the fact that you're doing it it still isn't enough to get that kick out of that buzz off of and the only thing that really that really calms down that kick is to win and to win significant because as you stake more and more everybody knows how much they're down in the back of their head roughly you know if you if you've been betting all day you've probably got an indication that you're you know i'm 50 quid down i'm 100 pound down i'm 200 pound down i'm 500 pound down so you know what you kind of have to stake or to win back to get you back to even. And like I said before, you know, gambling is pretty much just chasing losses. Or nine times out of ten it is. So, yeah, really, really, really important that those those signs aren't ignored, which is exactly what I did. <laughs> Funnily enough, which is why I'm sat here speaking about it. So, yeah, and I'd say around about that time, that's when, you know, debt first started really kind of appearing in terms of gambling. So your credit card debt. Um, which is actually really good now. I'm not too sure this was changing just as I'd stopped gambling, but I don't think you're allowed to use MasterCards on on betting companies now. I, I might be wrong, but uh, it'd be good if somebody could verify that for me or I could verify it for myself after this episode, um, which is obviously, you know, you shouldn't be... Uh, another warning sign, when you're using credit cards, that's money that you don't even have to gamble. That is, that is serious. So, so that's kind of what the stage that was at then. But... I was in a relationship then and things were different and I had different responsibilities and I think it's very lucky that I was in that that stage of my life as well because that was enough at that point to think fuck Ken you've got a bit of a problem here it really was like it was kind of getting to the stage that if I was betting a, you know betting on a Friday night betting on a Saturday night betting on a Sunday night maybe Monday and Tuesday nights off but if there's midweek football certainly well, oh Tuesday Wednesday Thursdays you know Champions League Europa League straight back in there and um, again, you know, a lot of in-plays, a, a couple of accumulators. And I'd probably say there for, despite the fact that I am winning some back from what I'd said mentioned earlier, up to like £75 a week, we're now up to probably around about £150 a week. So, you know, kind of doubling up all the time. But at that point, I couldn't afford it. And it was obvious that I couldn't afford it because I was getting myself into debt. So I basically what had happened, I think it was probably around about 2018, I'd actually went on to it's Gamstop it's called uh, you sign up for Gamstop and that was that and I, I honestly thought that was you know that was the chapter of my life of gambling closed forever and I thought wow you know actually really good because this is something that it, it kind of plagued me from like like I knew kind of gambling was having quite a serious effect on me you know 
all, all throughout my day because I was thinking about it quite actively, thinking about fixtures that were coming up that I could possibly win off and, and dodgy fixtures that I would avoid, looking at form and stuff. You know, it, it was taking up a lot of my time um, researching how, how I could win. And again, that's just feeding your addiction. So, yeah, so I'd signed up to Gamstop. Now, Gamstop's a company that you can put in your... I, I hope they're a little bit more tighter in the security and systems now because... I'll explain all this to you uh, very honestly as well. So Gamstop works that you put obviously in your email, your postcode, uh, your name, your number and whatnot. And that then self-excludes you from any betting company under the UK regulations just now, I believe. So basically you can't gamble on any on any registered site. Now, what I mean by that is that, you know, your bet 365s, your Paddy Powers, your bet threads, Skybet, they're all registered um, regulated gambling um, associations, you can still go on to, and this isn't to, I'm not trying to sell this for anybody that needs a gamble, there are other ways that you can gamble when you're on GamStop. However, these is, are incredibly dangerous, not a lot of security on their on their sites. The, the contracts and regulations of payouts are nuts. So if you are at the stage of going and using one of these sites, you really do need help because you're not, even when you're winning back, it probably isn't the, the sums of amount of what you're actually seeing. Take off the transaction charges and whatnot that they'll add on. You can't actually win on these websites. That's what I'm trying to say. Is this, is they will absolutely ruin you and rinse you for every single penny, especially these Bitcoin uh, gambling websites. Stay well, well, well clear. They're so dangerous. And... So, yeah, so I, I'd been excluded from everything and and it felt really good. It, honestly, obviously, it takes a couple of weeks to adjust. You know, you give up smoking, you give up drinking, anything that you kind of use, you're doing daily or every, every day. It takes a while. You know, it was on my mind a lot. Every time I'd watch football, I was like, Ken, oh, Ken could have bet on that. I would have bet on this. I would have done this. And um, it was it was quite tough, but it passed. And um, so basically what happened, I'd signed up for GamStop for, for two years, I think it was. Uh, which I think was the maximum that they were offering at the time. So two years go by and no gambling, and I feel absolutely fine. Well, you know, maybe the odd gamble if I was, you know, actually physically into a betting shop, which was very, very, very rare. Um, there's obviously a couple in Berwick, but it's been years since there's been one in IMO. So I mean, maybe mean like if I was on a day away at Edinburgh, ah, wait, again, stick a five-pound accumulator, nothing, nothing dangerous, nothing that was going to trigger me and then going into the casino and spending my life savings. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, so it was absolutely fine, and I still remember the day, clear as fucking day, excuse my French. I was working, this was a Friday afternoon, and I remember I was sat at work at lunchtime, getting my, getting my, getting my pieces and whatnot, and I was actually in my car, and I happened to notice an email came through from Gamstop, and it was then, this is two years on, and it was notifying me that my two years period had ended and it was advised to restart my period by clicking the link, answering the questions again, and I would have remained self-excluded. However, stupidly, I decided not to. And that, to this day, is probably one of the worst decisions I have ever made in my entire life. And now I'm going to explain why that was. So, effectively, because I didn't click on that link, I knew that I could then go and sign up or re-sign up all my accounts and that were then active again on all the betting companies across the UK. So I tricked myself. 
slightly with this too. So what I did was I didn't use GamStop. I actually went to the betting companies and I self-excluded from a couple of them, which means I could only use certain, you know, a couple of betting sites in the UK because that to me was kind of controlling it. It's absolutely not controlling it because it still allowed me to go and do it. <laughs> this is how this is how addictions work. You need to be so strong with yourself to really, you know, fickle down and think what stops me from doing this because that's what you need. You need to stop you don't, need to, you don't need to trickle down. If you're addicted to something, you need to just stop doing it, okay? It's the same with people that quit smoking. This, I'm, I'm cutting down. It doesn't work. You're still feeding the addiction, okay? Um, but it might work in very rare cases, but the majority of the time, our brains aren't strong enough to, to continue through with that. So, yeah, really bad, stupid error on my part was not following that link. And basically what happened from then, I would say it's probably that Friday night, I was back gambling again. And the same, and the thing with gambling is once you go back, I guess in the physical sense of drink, I guess it's kind of like that. Once you go back, back to it, and you have a taste of it, you want more of it, um, and you just keep on going. And it, it was like that. It was like like two years of suppressing this addiction, just all of a sudden, just like erupted out of me. And what happened more dangerously then? So I straight back into gambling, straight back into the normal strategies um, that I was doing. So, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. Um, so, uh, well, there you go. The only gamble, the only date that I probably wouldn't be gambling is a Monday. And even that, I would have found, I would have found something to bet on on a Monday. You can guarantee it. Um, so, yeah, I was really bad. And from, you know, going well back into like what I was saying was £25 a week was easily at this stage 25 to £50 per day. And like I say, this wasn't like straight money coming out my wallet. Um, well, it was. It just didn't look like it at the time because I was because I was winning some back, and you're like, oh, it's actually not too bad. You're breaking even. You're actually making a little bit of profit and whatnot. Um, but again, uh, reliant on credit cards to to fuel that addiction, um, isn't great. And especially if you have a mental health condition. Now, this is where uh, I want to be a little bit serious on the mental health drive. Um, kind of why I'm doing this episode is if you're like me you will want to find something that gives you that dopamine hit that gives you that buzz because in my life I, I don't really have I, I don't get that by myself because of obviously what I struggle with Um, I need to synthesize my dopamine if that makes sense so and it can, it can that can happen for a number of different ways that can happen from playing music it doesn't have to be something negative from what we see negative but gambling is almost the the highest dopamergic drive driving force that you can get in your brain because it's financial because when you get it it's instant it's instant gratification it's instant satisfaction it's instant win it's belief that you can win at something and that that is really so dangerous if you suffer especially from the likes of depression bipolar anxiety did you know, you ADHD. You really want to to stay clear of gambling as much as you can because of that feeling that it will give you. Is this? It will be so much. It'll it'll feel so much better for you that you'll want that over and over and over again. And I I don't want to blame my gambling on my mental health. It's but when I look back now, 
it makes a lot more sense in the fact that what was Jason was Jason a feeling it, it, for me it w- yeah the financial drive was obviously there because that's why you gamble but it was the feeling of winning that that drive that nerves at the 90 minutes that you, your team can't consider you're or you're going to lose that 600 quid that you could have cashed out you know that feeling them nerves that's what I was addicted to that's that's what I was trying to get at um, because it made me feel more alive and there are so 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 many dangers hidden between gambling and mental health and suicides and there is a huge ongoing relation uh, between all three uh, especially in the UK like I said earlier because we have such high uh, because because gambling kind of like alcohol's um really embedded in our culture we have ridiculously high suicide numbers for the country that we live in and we don't have the really best economic or welfare standards, and you stick all them for free, and you end up with you know lives lost at the end of the at the end of the year because because we don't control these, we do, we, there's no controls in place, and you know how do you get around that? I mean, it's not like you can vet everybody that signs up for for a gambling website wherever they do have a mental health condition, and um, so it really is just in the responsibility of yourself that if you believe or if you know that you uh, that there is something wrong with you, I would really, really try and stay clear of gambling because when that starts going wrong, you are just going to get so, so, so much worse, and you're going to get so, so, so much more stress in your life. So going on, like I said, I'd, I'd probably up to you know at least twenty five pounds a day, sort sort of things like that, and I was winning and. What had happened then, the massive danger of what I then walked into was slot machines, uh, online slots. So <clears throat> I'd, uh, I'd never touched slots because I knew the dangers of slots. And because, like I've mentioned earlier, when I used to gamble, it was always strategic. How do I win money? Um, I knew slots are not the way to make money. Slots are not right. I've got to say this as well. Uh, slots are stupid. I can say this now because I don't do it. If you play slots, you're pretty stupid. Um, the odds are there in front of you. It's like I'm something stupid like 71% is the return factor. So you're playing on a 29% chance that you're going to win a profit of anything you stake. Of that, it's obviously going to be proportionate to your stake. So, and yes, you get the lucky odd few that's put 20p in and they get, you know, 50 grand or whatnot. But how often do you hear that? Once a year? And how many times do people gamble every day? It, you know, put into context, it's nearly impossible. It's probably not going to happen to you. In fact, you've probably got more of a chance if you put on, instead of instead of, instead of spending that tenor that you do in the slots, if you literally put on four different lottery tickets, combine the odds, I'm pretty sure your odds will be lower on the lottery than what they would be from staking 20 pence over multiple spins to win a jackpot. You know, that's <laughs> that's how low your chances are and but you don't grasp that with addiction so i'd went into slots and i don't even know how this came about for some reason you know i never bet low on slots it was always you know minimum 50p to a pound of spin like stupid so the return the return prize prizes were high um you know there's been times that i've taken a couple of thousand pounds in a day but I've spent that couple of thousand pounds straight back and that is what was happening towards the end of my gambling my relationship with gambling was that I was on a good day. Uh, let's just be honest with numbers. I would say on a I got to change this to a weekend. On a good weekend, I would probably in total have staked somewhere between one and two thousand pounds. On a good weekend, that would return me probably around about two and a half thousand pounds. On a bad weekend, that probably returned me around about one and a half thousand pounds. So you can see the difference there is probably around about a thousand pounds, which is massive on a weekend 
to where my gambling was up and down. And, you know, that amount of, mon- that amount of money on the probabilities is not good. Statistically, you're going to lose more. And that's exactly what was happening to me. But I couldn't, I could, it, the evidence, and anybody that gambles will relate to this, the evidence was there that I had to stop gambling, but it was the last thing that I wanted to do. Uh, because gambling was also my way out of it because I'd started to amass a little bit of debt and whatnot. Um, I kind of figured in my head that a couple of big wins, clear your debt, stop gambling. And there was an opportunity to do that. Now, I'm not going to go into as, uh, detail in exact numbers because you'll call me an absolute idiot. But there would be a point, definitely around about, this is probably during COVID, so around about 2021, that I could have cleared every single penny of my debt um, that I had from gambling at that time. But thanks to the cancel withdrawal function, my weak-minded brain, and a little bit of mental health conditions, I'm still in that little bit of debt because I went back to because <laughs> I went back and I spent the money. But what really worried happened then? So, if you can cash your mind back to GamStop, let's say I'd I'd went back and I'd self-excluded from a couple of websites, but I'd left myself open to a couple of websites. Now, GamStop's really good and GamStop's really secure, but what I'd, I'd end up I don't know how I managed to do this, but I ended up self-excluding myself from everything without using GamStop. So I couldn't, ga- I, d- I don't know how I'd done it. Uh, so I couldn't gamble on anything. And obviously at the time being a- an addict, that was very troubling. That was a very big issue for me at the time. And so basically my way to get around that was to test the waters with GamStop. And by that, I meant simply changing a letter in my surname that wouldn't flag up on the GamStop database when I went to register on an account. Now, I'm saying this in honesty, and that's what I've done. I'm pretty sure they'll have a security system in place to get past that. Now, let's say it's a couple of years on. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be the only one that's done that. So it was fine. I was able to sign up to every betting account that I could again, simply by changing the L and Willix to a C, and that annoying mispronunciation that I always get of Andrew Wilcox. So I was going about with Andrew Wilcox online, which is massive fraud. I've got to be careful what I say here. And yeah, so <laughs> really care, got to be careful what I say here now that I've just said that, fuck's sake. I'm just being honest. So I changed my name. So that's a little bit of, I, I didn't actually legally change my name. I changed my name on the gambling website, so I was able to sign up. But then the issue came to paying the money out. Now, then the names of would obviously have to lie under Andrew Willicks, which would be flagged up as as a... Uh, as a somebody that couldn't gamble, somebody on GamStop, that's what I'm trying to say. And so to get around that, you had to do security checks of just basically showing, you know, your bank cards, driver license, and whatnot. So I very quite niftily on Photoshop and whatnot. Um, Photoshop my driver license, changed it around, sent it away. Keep in mind, if I get caught at this point, every single thing that I've earned, you know, a couple of thousand pounds is sat there waiting to withdraw. That's getting taken away from me. I'm probably going to get a court proceeding or a criminal charge in my name for fraud. So there's a hell of a lot going on. It's like I'm gambling. I'm sta- I'm staking a lot on trying to get this. And I ended up I ended up winning. Well, I ended up winning. I ended up clearing. I don't know how it did. And I and I got all the money. And I I paid off a lot of debt. I did everything that I was going to do. And then you know in my head I was like, right, cool. You know you've done this. You've actually you've actually used this to to an advantage now. Could you do something more with it? And I should have stopped gambling then, but I just, again, I just got worse and worse and worse. And it was getting to the stage of the slots that if I was to go 
eight hours without gambling i was doing incredibly well it was it was it was all the time um how sas didn't know uh how nobody knew how bad i was because i was incredibly good at hiding it or at least at the time i thought i was good at hiding it so i'd run away to the toilets pretend i had the shits uh go for baths you know stuff like that anything so i could kind of be away gambling so it wasn't obvious how much i was gambling obviously i was doing it on my phone all the time and you know this went on for months uh, and eventually i just got exhausted i got completely exhausted i was running into more debt uh, more debt that i could ke- keep up with at the time and eventually i just gave up and i knew that if i didn't tell sas and my family what was going on and how bad i was actually getting involved in gambling i was going to get caught and i kind of weighed up the options that if i get caught doing this it's going to be a shitload worse than if you just come clean and you're just honest and you admit your mistakes and you try your hardest to get on past this which is exactly what i've done um i basically woke up one day um and that was pretty much it. It was weird. I'd woken up and I was just totally defeated. I was just, I was shaking. I'd realized that I spent, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds on it. I think like, you know, um, what's the word? What's the phrase that I'm looking for? You know, the penny had dropped with me, so to speak, that I knew what kind of mess I was in. And I knew that I had to change. Like I say, I was gambling. I said eight hours. I would say probably it's four hours, really. You know, any opportunity during my day, if it was a quick, quick, go in the slots if it's a quick football like I was never really into the horses at all um then I'd go and do it it's important to note as well at this point I had not played poker in over you know eight years so the one thing that I was really good at the one thing that I could actually kind of be financially dependent on in gambling was the one thing that I, was, I had actually zero interest in doing because I was into that feeling that buzz and poker would never give that that buzz because I was so calculated with it so to speak so I came clean and you know as with everything you fear the worst i was fearing divorce i was fearing that uh it never happens <laughs> never happens quite as quite as bad as you put it in your mind but um it was still a pretty awful time it still is a pretty awful time still still carrying a little bit of debt forward from from a gambling and you know it's it's by having conversations like these that you understand you know how stupid it was at the time and it probably for the best part of me took me a couple of months to really really you know think that i was clear psychologically addictively clear of gambling and to this date i, I can't I honestly can't remember the exact date that i gam uh, that I stopped gambling it would have been somewhere in 2022 um i've not gambled since i've not gambled a single penny since um apart from the other borders competitions <laughs> I, I, I am going to win 20 grand on that one day i don't i don't mind that because he, because uh i can't mind his name now damn it's jack I think his name's Jack. Uh, does so much for charity. Yeah, absolutely amazing individual. Um, I hope to get him on the show at some point actually too. And um, yeah, so you know stuff like that I can kind of gamble. I don't do the lottery anyway. Irish lottery I used to do a lot too. If I yeah, funny story about the Irish lottery is the the Saturday that I gave up gambling, my fucking numbers came up. <laughs> As they always do. Hey, always, always, always do. Um, so. Yeah, like I said, I'm not going to get into numbers and talk about exactly how much I've spoken, uh, spent on gambling, but it's mul- multiple thousand pounds and multiple thousand pounds that are in uh, gambling agencies' pockets and on my pockets. And that adds stress to your life. And like I've said, the major point and the, the main point of why I wanted to kind of do this solo cast, this little episode, is just to highlight how relatable gambling issues are, gambling addictions are, especially if you struggle a little bit with a mental health condition and that is i cannot echo that enough during this episode that if you struggle at 
all mentally. Please, please be responsible enough to pull yourself away from gambling. Something that gives you that false dopamine um, hit isn't isn't going to be good for you long term you need to find something else that's going to deliver that to you like meditation uh, it can be anything else um, as long as it's not doing you know financial or f- financial harm mental harm or physical harm to you or anybody else then you know then it, you're not hurting anybody you're not hurting anything but gambling is something that's going to hurt you and it's going to hurt other people and it's such a systemic problem i mean you see all the people like i cannot stand it on twitter when you see the people, oh, look, look, look how much I've won. Aye, you're showing what you've won, you absolute freaking idiot. Like, we all know how much, well, in fact, we don't know how much you're losing. It must be astronomical because I can guarantee you are not winning all them, all them without losing significantly more. It's so stupid. Um, yeah, please listen to what I say there and please avoid gambling at all costs. So I've, that's pretty much all I've got to say on this episode today. Um, th- like I say, I'm just trying to do a weekly little solo cast with some, you know, a little bit of the ideas that I'd left from last year, bring them across to this year, and to talk about topics that we can all relate to in our everyday lives. And there'll be a lot more of this coming up. And if you'd like me to cover any other topic or you have any ideas in relation to anything else that you'd like me to say, please fire me, me a message on my Instagram uh, at Andrew's Anxiety Adventure on instagram uh, we will be uh, forming up the patreon account very soon like i spoke about on the episode episode on saturday with jasmine but until i'm at a pace that i've got a lot of content out there that i believe warrants the subscription fee i won't be sharing sharing the url or address for that with anybody and i guess that's it so the worst monday of the year <laughs> a little bit of gambling and hopefully something that you can all relate to and we can all have have a discussion about our future date and until then guys i've been andrew willicks and this has been the borderline podcast good night